know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. AM 1420, WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz, broadcasting over the airwaves here at WBSM and over the internet waves at Fate Radio. And if you want to check out the video stream of the show, you can go to SpookySouthCoast.com, click on the link there. Is uh, The chat link now, has that been changed, Matt, to... a Yep, you okay. can go right to the... What's it say? Does chat. it still say chat? It does, okay. for the time being. So click on the chat link, and that will bring you right to the fatemag.com slash fateradio site. You can also go there directly, fatemag.com slash fateradio, and you will see inside the spooky studio while we broadcast. And uh, the video is up and running. Uh, whatever, the, whatever the issues were last week, we solved. I basically wiped out all my browsers and, and downloaded the latest versions and got the latest Flash and all that stuff. So I think we're all set and ready to go. The uh, the video quality at least appears to be somewhat decent. Uh, we could probably try to make it a little better if necessary, but uh, we'll go with this for now because at least we're on the air. Unlike last week when we were having problems left and right. Uh, but now this will be the new avenue for Spooky South Coast. This will be the way to check us out. Each week, if you want to see what's going on in the studio, the audio feed that goes to the fatemag.com slash fateradio website is what's coming out of our headphones. So you're going to get all the commercials and everything that way. So until they tell us that we can't do that and that we're breaking some sort of law, you know, we'll just go with that. Because then we still get a chance behind the scenes to talk junk about everybody and nobody can hear us. Sure. That's a big thing with us is we, we talk a lot of junk. So uh, we want to make sure that we can still do that. Well, we've got a, a great show for you tonight. Uh, we recently observed the 63rd anniversary of the Roswell crash, uh, 1947 Roswell, New Mexico, the alleged UFO crash. Uh, we've had some of the participants uh, in directly involved with this on our program in the past. Of course, Jesse Marcel Jr., the son of the... Uh, Army officer who actually was responsible for transporting the debris from that crash. We had him on the show, and he gave us a first-hand account of what he saw that night. I think we've got probably the best first-hand account of what happened in the crash coming up tonight with our guest. Oh, yeah. Uh, we and I mean, I suppose if you want to find out exactly what happened, uh, you go right to the source. And we're going to be talking with Commander San Isidro. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'll find out uh, in, in a moment. But Commander San Isidro was the extraterrestrial that was piloting the ship that crashed in Roswell in 1947 and uh, has now been reincarnated in the form of a human-alien hybrid. And uh, we will speak with its current form. And uh, I'm not sure if uh, Commander Sani is male or female, if they even have uh, gender distinction. So we'll find out all that and more. Uh, we'll also find out where these beings come from. Uh, Commander Sandy is a gray, so we'll find out where the grays come from. We'll find out about other races of aliens. We'll find out about what the purpose of uh, the visit to Earth was in the first place. All that and more we're going to discuss 
uh, tonight. And if you want to join at any time during the discussion, 508 996 0500, 1 996 1420. If you're watching on Fate Radio and you'd like to call in toll free, 1 996 1420. Of course, there's a chat room going on in Fate Radio as well. And if you're a regular listener to Spooky South Coast and you like to participate in the chat room, we invite you to please go over there because that's where we're going to be having our chats all the time now. Uh, so hopefully we can get Craig and Luann and all of our friends uh, to join us in there. Mark, uh, Sean, everybody that's usually listening to the show, fatemag.com slash fateradio, and you can join in the discussion there. And uh, we'll be able to check in from time to time during during the night as well. And... You can also email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. That's our website. That's where you can get us all week long. And uh, that's where you can find everything regarding the show, in- including you know, some of the new updates of what the uh, podcasts have been over the last <laughs> few months. Uh, I just got two of them uploaded today, and we've, we're about two down now, not counting tonight's show. So I'm working on getting them all up to date. This is what happens, see? You know, the Celtics go to the Game 7 of the NBA Finals, and I get months and months behind. So how, how's that book coming, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I've still got three weeks. All right. Well, why don't we take a break? When we come back, we will talk with Commander Sani Sito. Uh, and if you want to check out her website, you can go to sanicito.tripod.com, linked up right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com. And we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast on the Fate Radio Network. all over the world now, you know. They've been coming here ever since 1946, when the scientists first started bouncing radar beams off of the moon. And they have been living and working among us in vast quantities ever since. The government knows all about them. Well, you know something, man? I think... You want to know what I think? I think this is a crackpot idea. That's what I think. I mean, if they're so smart, why don't they just reveal themselves to us, huh, and get it over with? (laughs) Why don't they reveal themselves to us is because if they did, it would cause a general panic. Now, I mean, we still have leaders upon whom we rely for the release of this information. These leaders have decided to repress this information because of the tremendous shock that it would cause to our antiquated system. My Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, broadcasting on the Fate Radio Network. Go to fatemag.com slash fateradio to see the live stream of uh, the video within the Spooky Studio. And uh, when you are watching the stream, you're going to see you know us looking at papers and me checking my phone for emails that come in and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's not really as exciting as people thought it would be. When we stopped doing Spooky TV a few months ago and, you know, the fans were railing against it and saying, bring it back, bring it back, I, I just failed to see what's so interesting about it. <laughs> Except, you know, you get to see my very small collection of different shirts. 
I promise you I'll wear this one probably next week too because I'm just not a fashion guru. All right, well, we are very honored to be joined tonight by Commander Sani Sido, uh, and Sani Sido is a hybrid ET who incarnated 1958, and she recalls her past life as the commander of the spacecraft that crashed in Roswell, New Mexico in July of 1947. Her remarkable story is told in her autobiography, Stranded on Earth, the story of a Roswell crash survivor, published by Earthstar Publications in June of 2004. Other works include Zeddy Child, Lost Upon a One-Star World, and Celestial Beings of the Bible. She is an artist, doll maker, teacher, and relayer of communications from her Zeta Reticulum Council, and is often in contact with her father and guide known as Kinyeo. I don't... I'll, I'll allow her to pronounce it correctly. She's a nature lover, ufologist, amateur entomologist, and meteorologist whose mission is to spread love and light to planet Earth and to correct the ideology behind her people's purpose for visiting Earth. And she joins us on the line, Commander Sani Sido. And, of course, the website is linked up right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com if you want to check out any of her work as well. Commander, good morning, uh, good evening. Thank you for joining us here tonight. Good afternoon, and your Greetings to you. Now, when wh- when did you realize uh, in in this current incarnation in your your Earth form? Uh, when did you realize that you were actually the being that had crashed in Roswell of July of nineteen forty seven? Because that must have been quite a shock if it wasn't something that you'd known or felt all along. It was when my father came into the bedroom and levitated me out of that crib when I was a baby and told me that the man laying in the bed with my earth mother was not my biological father. Oh, so, so your, your uh, extraterrestrial father came to visit you then? Yes, and when he levitated me out of that crib, I started having flashbacks. And I also had flashbacks when lightning hit our front porch when I was about four. The and flashbacks are like pictures of movies you see in your head of flying advanced aircraft and sitting at a console with computers and modern stuff that you have today, flying over mountains and terrain and watching instrument panels. And and being at that young age, uh, you were able to comprehend that, or was it kind of your original soul coming through? I'm just wondering, like, how somebody that age you know, would deal with, with that kind of image. Like old knowledge that I already knew that was just being opened up. Like so, you go into a dark room and you turn on a light switch, you see the light. Mm-hmm. So then I, I guess then knowing from a young age, it made it easier to deal with it. It wasn't something that kind of struck you later on that you had to, to kind of figure out what was going on. Because at that age, I was not conditioned Sure. By the culture society that says, oh, this is not so. Because when you're little, things come to you more because you don't have that veil of conditioning. And when I came here, I didn't have a veil to begin with, so I brought my memories with me in a way. And did, when, when your uh, biological father came down to uh, enlighten you to this information, uh, were you given any kind of direction as to what your purpose was here on Earth? I got my directions as I got older that I was to be a teacher. And there was one thing I wanted to, to make a correction on. As I was listening, waiting to come on, you said something about 1946. 
Well, the UFO people and different species have been coming to Earth long before your modern 1946. They've been here before the dinosaurs were ever created on Earth. I mean, and I can tell you I've done a lot of research. I'm extremely interested in the fact that I, I do believe that these beings visited ancient cultures and that that is a lot of what we see in some of the archaeology of modern times is the yeah, interaction. Ancient cultures of your earth have all been guided and visited throughout the prehistory and given their path to choose. They were led on their developments in many different areas. And so you've been given all this information at a young age. You've come to this awareness. You know that you know, these, these beings have been visiting us for a long time. So it, it must make things very difficult for you uh, to have to deal with people who aren't open to the message that extraterrestrials who have visited are trying to give us. About those people is they are so conditioned and so asleep that they're unaware of what is really out there beyond their little boxes of reality that they structure around themselves and through their conditioning. You see, because most people on the Earth are taught that Earth is the only planet that has life. Well, maybe that might be true in your solar system, but there's other universes and galaxies beyond what you know here. Well, it's it's just our own, I guess it's the human race's own ego, you know, that uh, it's... My ego to think that they are the only species that is intelligent or is advanced, but yet they fail to look down on the ground and see a little ant, knowing that that ant is part of a larger society of other ants that is as highly intelligent as they are. And and that's one of the biggest problems that we have as as a race human beings do is just that self-centeredness and the fact that we do think because we interact with each other and we seem to be more advanced as a society, we if, think that we're smarter, and that's not necessarily the case. If your society was so-called advanced, you would not have wars among your nations. You would not have hunger or poverty. You would have learned to solve the problems that is facing your world, you would not be having this horrible pollution that you have going on because you would have had evolved yourselves as a species to know what caring for the planet was. And you would learn unconditional love for one another if your species was truly evolved. Well, may I counter with ants wage war? They enslave each other, and they also and, go through fear. They use ants. That is instinct. And man does not rule himself by instinct? To an extent, but he also has a much higher purpose than an instinct. Uh, that, I mean, we do, we do like to think that we're a higher consciousness, and if that's the case, you know, then we should see beyond the folly of lesser creatures or what we deem to be lesser creatures that, that engage in those activities. That, that'd just be my perspective on it. But, um, com Commander, in your in your world, you come from Zeta Reticuli? Yes. And in your world, uh, has those beings reached the point of where, you know, everything is peaceful, everybody coexists? All planets evolve and grow. Some planets... He evolve and don't grow 
and caused the extinction down the line. All planets are given a choice to grow and evolve and learn. They learn from their past mistakes and move forward. Some planets never learn and they go backwards. Well, that begs the question then, from an, from an outside perspective and a more advanced perspective, is Earth advancing or have we kind of stagnated? Well, I would say Earth is kind of stagnated. Look at all the problems you have going on in your world. Look at all the hate. Look at all the anger. Mm-hmm. But do you think that uh, you know, as technology advances, will that make us become a, a more peaceful people? Uh, does there need to be some sort of... Oh, right now, we would say, okay, in another nation to stone a woman to death for a, for a crime that would be considered unjust to be to be stoned and tortured to death. To me, that's, that's not advanced. Well, is there a possibility, though, that if if your people came down and, and freely interacted with us, that maybe that would be kind of turning the light on and to let us see that there is something greater than ourselves and that maybe we shouldn't be these warrior people that we are? It's like this. Babies have to learn to crawl before they can walk. That's true, but ba- babies also need their parents' help to show them some things, too, and maybe we need your people's help. And also, eons ago, after the Earth people were created by the Pleiadians, the Pleiadian scientists and the others who came here to intervene and help create the humans, they left. Because the Earth was a laboratory, and they left. And when they left, the reptoids and reptilians came and intervened in the genetics of the, of the modern Earth humans and manipulated the DNA to make them an aggressive species and make them warlike. Well, I, I guess then that kind of gives us uh, an excuse to say that we were trying to fight our own nature. It was uh, your DNA being altered over the eons and centuries. by outsiders that came from other star systems that did not have the best interests of the Earth species in, in mind. Now, when you were coming here in, in 1947, when your uh, crew was on its way to Earth, for what purpose were you visiting? We were coming here because of the test you were doing with the atoms in your big waters that you call your ocean. You were detonating these devices that created radiation that poisoned not only the land and the waters, but it spread beyond your Earth's atmosphere and started to poison other worlds. That's what led us here. They didn't start bombing in the oceans at Bikini Atolls until the 1950s. But you were doing tests. I mean, at least at least there was enough... Of a warning sign. Yes, the stuff with atoms that led us to come here because you're playing with atoms is like giving a baby a loaded gun. A baby does not know the effects of what that gun will do or giving a little baby a, a bomb or something. That little baby has no idea what it's doing. 
It's it, a baby. It's just a toy. But it could have major consequences for not only your Earth, but other planets beyond. And that is why we came. Is this something that your planet had gone through in the past? Our planet was nuked before. The reptoids came and destroyed our world. So, is, I mean, is... is... Had to live under biodomes, which is glass bubble cities. Because our atmosphere and our planet was destroyed and damaged. There were more of them than there was of us, and we could not fight them off. So you, your your crew came here to kind of keep an eye on what we were doing. What exactly happened then that would cause the crash? Um, because uh, all the years, hopefully, you know, all the years and the advancements that you had, um, there hadn't been a lot of crashes before that we that at least humans knew about. So, what was it that caused this particular crash? Your people were experimenting with their radar that was being tested in Ohio, out of Dayton. The technology was shared with the bases in New Mexico and some other states, and they were all working and coordinating this as a group effort to test this new radar system, and that combined with a lightning storm, a thunderstorm, that was created by the usage of chemtrails, is what led to the accident occurring because it knocked out the force fields and the propulsion and everything else due to the interaction of all three of these things. And that's, you, your ship used a propulsion system that, you know, some sort of silent system that we wouldn't have been able to hear or anything like that otherwise? That is correct. You know, I don't suppose you what could is not... your fuel? What was your fuel yeah. system? It was a ball. A, a little ball. A ball? And what forces were used? A ball, a putty-like substance is not found in your solar system. Okay, what substance is it? I happen to be an analytical chemist for... for element 114. Don't you mean element 115? No, there was an element 114 that was derived from 115. It would be a decorative product, but yes, how would you use it? It was used to power the craft. In which way? To create an energy source. In what manner? Using what manner of physics? It was like a gas. It was like a gas. Okay. Uh, 114 would be a gas. 115 would be an actual solid because it would form a complete shell. All the electrons would be filled in there. It would create tremendous heat. It also would be unstable. It only lasts microseconds. And if it's wet, if this putty gets wet, it's hardly explosive. You wouldn't be able to get it to be wet in a gaseous state, but that's not, you know, important. If it was outside of the of the container that it was in and it got wet, it could be explosive. If it got outside of its container in any form, it would be explosive. Yeah. And But we're, we're applying... Somewhat of earthly knowledge to, I mean, maybe they've come up with ways to do things that we don't know. You know, well, matter is matter across the universe, but maybe they're able to handle it in a different way than we are. Well, it would, it would involve a series of electromagnetic shells to keep it in a containment field. 
Whatever, but, whatever, but let's not whatever involve, it is. Let's not involve science. In Com- this Commander Sani, whatever it is, just tell him that you're not going to give him a system to power his Mercedes with it. <laughs> oh, they don't deserve that technology because he'd use it for war. Well, I, I can guarantee that at least Matt Moniz would. Death, destruction, and mayhem. That's that's, <laughs> that's kind of his thing. But uh, so you, the, all these different factors kind of pulled into the. The crash happening, and took my eyes and my attention off of the force field monitors that I was supposed to be watching. Because one of the crew members called to my attention to something on their screen. So I turned around, and when I took my eyes off of my control council, that's when the force field went down. Now, I know a number of people that were involved in the recovery of the craft, your craft, when it crashed. And I know the exact and true number of bodies that were recovered, okay, that has not been actually published. How many of your crew members were there? There were five of us. Okay, if that's what you say. (laughs) Well, if you're pointing out stuff to try to think I'm a fake, well, I just don't continue anymore. Well, also, though, I mean... I don't like skeptics, and I will not deal with them. Oh, Matt Moniz is not a skeptic. That is definitely not the case. Uh, I think he's trying to get the balance of what we know with the balance of what you know and try and find out. Because all, ever since I have gone public with this, I've had nothing but ridicule and debasement, and I'm damn tired of oh, it. Oh, no, we're not ridiculing you. We That's not, our, as I explained to you uh, prior on the phone to when we went on, our job here is just to allow you to tell your story. Uh, we're not... We used to tell a story when the people... All they'll do is just sit and laugh. You know, they haven't lived my life. We're not laughing at all. We would never do that. No, our, our, as I explained to you, our, what we do here on this show is we allow you to come on and tell your story. Listeners can listen to what you have uh, to present to them, and then they go back and they make the decisions about whether or not they want to believe you. We're not, we wouldn't suggest that you were in any way making this up. That's not our job. Uh, our job is to allow you to tell the story, and if questions pop up where the information that Matt has uh, as being a, a ufologist for over 20 years and researching this case, he also just wants Matt to... the editor for Fate magazine. Uh, he just wants to throw what in... What is that? the editor of Fate? I am the UFO editor for Fate magazine now. I just magazine is excellent. I've read your magazine. It's wonderful. And we actually broadcast on Fate Radio as well on, on their website, too, so... Fate Magazine is excellent. I've read that for a long, long time. Pretty much since you got here. It started in 1948. Yeah. Actually, yeah, we, <laughs> we kind of have you to thank for it, because that was the story that helped yeah. kick off Fate Magazine. So, Actually, it was Kenneth Arnold's. And if it wasn't because of my crash happening, you would not I'm have the advancements that. that you have currently today. Like oh. your internet. You wouldn't have your space shuttle. You wouldn't have none of your modern stuff you have right now. Well, After the accident happened, your technology leaped and bounded overnight. Well, let me say thank you for that then, because I love the technology that we have, and uh, I, I couldn't live without it. So thank you for that, and I'm sorry that we kind of took it and bastardized it the way that we have. I love technology, too. So... The crash occurred, and and the ship went down uh, outside of Roswell. And you know, the ship, I want to make a correction. Sure. The ship was not no disc. Okay. 
the ship was a uh, delta wave, similar in appearance to um, your modern space shuttle or one of your stealth fighters. But it more looked more like it was a wing, a delta wing, sort of like arrowhead shape. It was not no saucer. Okay. The saucer did go down in 1948. That was a hundred foot in diameter, but it was not. That was ours. Was not no saucer. It was a delta wing. The one in 1948 would that have crashed in Aztec, New Mexico? Yes. Okay. It was a pure aluminum disc. That aluminum is magnesium. Very interesting. Back then, magnesium and aluminum were fairly rare. So was was that disc, the the, the occupants of that disc, were they a different race or from a different planet than your people? They were of my species. They were Zeddy. Okay. So is that your... your f- of Zeddy distinction, and that is what we would refer to as the greys? The greys are insects. It's like your bees and your ants and your wasps. We are highly evolved social insects. Okay. They are not lizard. They are not reptilian or reptoid. They are insectoid. So you're operating as one kind of collective consciousness. They are a hive mind. That is, all minds think the same. All minds know. So, now... I'm sorry, go ahead. We are ruled by the hive mind. And our rulers are the Kagush, which are the mantid people. And the reptilians that you mentioned, they're kind of the, the enemy of your people? They are not only the enemy to my species, but they are the controllers of Earth. And they control all of your governments on Earth. And a reptoid, if you were to see them, because most of them shapeshift to appear as humans, if you were to see one in their true state, they would look like a large lizard that stands on two legs that wears a uniform. Sounds like Barack. Well, a lot of your leaders have been reptoids. I'm going to allow you that little political <laughs> diatribe there, Matt Moniz. Uh, uh, well, uh, if you don't mind, Commander Sani, we'd, we'd like to open the phone lines up for phone calls and uh, and talk to some of the listeners. And again, of course, as you mentioned, you know that you don't want to deal with any ridicule. But uh, as I mentioned before, though, people may have questions, and uh, they they are have a, an answer for them that. You know, and if they, people need to keep their mind open. Yep, keep it, keep your mind open and keep the questions respectful. And the numbers are 1-877-996-1420. It's up on the screen at Fate Radio, or you can call in locally at 508-996-0500. And so let's go to the phones. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast with Commander Sani Sito. How are you? Hi, this is Rachel Sani. How are you? I'm Okay. It's good to hear your voice. Do you, do you recognize me from Facebook? What is your Facebook name? Rachel Wolf. Oh, yes. I yeah, thought we were going to share some beer on your birthday. <laughs> yes, I'm on Facebook. That's one of my favorite sites. 
Yes, I just I um, saw that you were going to be on Spooky South Coast tonight, and I just wanted to listen and say that, um, you know, whether, I know you don't like dealing with, with the skeptics, and sometimes I don't either, but I think whether or not people believe what you're saying, the point is, is that you're spreading a positive message of hope and peace, and if anything else, people should be listening to that message and spreading that as well. Well, I try to promote love and and acceptance for all, and I I try to be a light worker of the highest source. But, you know, sometimes it's very hard, and I don't get a lot of positive remarks. But I try to spread light, and I'm a teacher, and that's my main purpose, is to teach and to awaken those star seeds that are here on Earth that are asleep, because the Earth is dying and needs to be helped. The whole planet is dying, but a lot of people do not see that. They don't have the ways to to help. Yes, and I've, I've heard you do radio shows and, and, and things before, and I just wanted to call and say hi to you and know that I am listening, and I hope that other people at least listen to the positive message that you're sending. I have a question, Rachel. Are you, oh, ever, sure, in, are you ever in chat in Facebook? Yeah, I am. You, you should definitely chat with me sometime. I would love to chat with you. Okay. Most of the time great. when I go in now, if I'm not posting anything, I'm either beating, um, oh, what's her name, Renee Dolliver or Connie Green and Blockies or one of my other games. But I would <laughs> be an honor to chat with you. All right, Sonny. We'll have to do that sometime. I'm going to get off the phone so that other people can call in and ask questions. But I just wanted to let you know that you've got a friend out here, okay? And it's so wonderful to hear someone in Facebook to hear your voice. Thank you. It's so wonderful to talk to you, Sonny. And you be blessed. Thank you. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Yep. See, I mean, and that's the important thing, uh, Commander Sonny, is that you want... The message to get out there, whether or not people, you know, I, I know that you get frustrated with the skeptics and the people and the non-believers, but whether they believe you or not, as long as they come away with that message that you're promoting, then I, I guess you've done your job here on Earth. I've been trying recently to try to get the message out that your planet Gaia is a living, breathing being that is dying. She's dying. From the way that we've treated it or just from natural causes? The accidents and stuff that's been going on has been disgusting. Well, I've been getting lots of messages from Gaia, but... Is it reversible? Can we fix it? Well, it's like this. You, Where do you live? You you in Massachusetts? Yes, we're uh, right outside Cape Cod. Well, you... you um, Gaia is bleeding. Her blood is coming to the surface. And underneath where that blood is coming from, there's a huge, gigantic bubble sitting under there. If that even starts to come to the surface, there won't be no life left on this planet. The Gaia's blood is that oil that is leaking. The bubble that is under lots of extreme pressures is natural gas, and if that should come up, it's goodbye to everything. Well, ho- hopefully we can 
at least hold it off for a little while longer. But I, I think we'll probably do each other in with weaponry before uh, we'll kill the Earth. So. Well, your planet is giving you lots of warning signs that you need to heed what you're doing to the planet. Well, when when you first crashed, I mean, I don't know what kind of uh, recollections you've been able to have of um, what happened during the crash, but were you, did you essentially die upon impact uh, in your... Re- I lasted about a month in your time. I was interrogated and tortured till I died. Interrogated by the by the military? By your military, yes. And what particular information were they were they trying to get from you, and, and did you give it to them? They wanted to know why we are here, what our purpose was, if we were going to invade. I said, we are scientists, which is why we were here. We came to study what you were doing to your planet and to your atmosphere and how you were treating other living beings. We were curious. We were scientists. That's why we came. And, and you gave this information to the military? And to your leader. And if we would have been invaded, we would have invaded long before the crash. We would have blackened your skies with ships with our intent to invade. Sure, if you had that kind of technology, you, you could have done it any time you wanted to. Your Earth is a baby compared to other planets out there that are eons and eons into your future as far as technology is concerned. Earth is like a baby. If your Earth lasts long enough and evolves and lives for several trillions of years into your future, maybe your planet will be like ours. Well, when... I know that you're in contact with beings from your planet, right? You still you still receive messages from them. Yes, I receive messages, and I'm still in contact. Uh, has there been any talk about you? Because I I know that you're uh, you're a hybrid. So yes, uh, I'm not, yes, I'm a hybrid. So you are part alien, part human in your current form. Is has there been any talk about returning you to Zeta Reticuli? I'm here to do a mission. You know, I had a choice to go back. When I first went to Roswell to visit the site of my impact, I had a chance to go back, and I said, no, I want to stay because I feel the Earth people need to be taught what really happened that night. They need to be woken up and unlearn the conditioning that they've never been alone. Could could you possibly, because you are in touch with others uh, from your planet, could you tell them that maybe if they came here, and they not going to do anything, you see. See, no, I don't agree with that. I think if they came down and they did the proverbial landing on the White House lawn, I think it would wake up a lot of people. That's just like, okay, it's like this. <coughs> Excuse me. If a baby doesn't learn from its mistakes, you just don't step in and, and keep correcting the mistakes of the baby. The baby's got to learn from its mistakes to grow. If you keep showing a, a, a species how to do things and you step in all the time for that species, well, that species will never learn the consequences of what it has done. Well, then it sounds like, at least in the eyes of your people, that you don't think that we're so far gone that you need to intervene. You still think there's a chance that we can we can do it on our own. We We observe and we watch, but we don't intervene. Now, if it was something global in nature then we might intervene. But 
We usually go by the rule of non-interference. Well, as any good scientist would. Well, we have uh, we have another call on the line for you. Uh, again, if you'd like to call in, the numbers are one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred and you can email us spooky crew at spooky south com. you can also go to the chat room at uh, fate radio which you can get to right on the chat link on spooky south com. uh so let's go to the phones and remember keep the questions respectful and uh, we've got uh, just about seven minutes here until the news breaks so we got to keep keep an eye on the clock as well good evening you're on spooky south coast with commander sani how are you good how are you oh we're spooktacular as we say here great uh, I just uh, one quick question for Sonny, then I'll hang up and listen to the answer. What are your uh, ideas? What do you think of uh, organized religion uh, about a god and all that? I, d- I just want to hear your answer. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Organized religion. In the beginning, the word God referred to not just one entity, but a collective of different scientists from other solar systems and universes. The word God is short for geneticist of diversity. All religions on your earth were given to humans by ancient extraterrestrials who came here in disc ships and other ships to help guide and evolve the path of humans' development and to help them grow. I, I, before we let you go, I do have to ask this one question that popped up in the chat room, and uh, you can decline if you want to, for <laughs> maybe for safety reasons, but uh, they want to know if you could name any of the reptilian beings who have actually held the office of President of the United States. Hmm. Other than the current. I just give the last names, if that's all right. Sure. Bush. Okay. That one was obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, so it, it has been something that we've had uh, over the years, or would you say that it's kind of limited to those particular that particular family? No, there's others as well. Would any of our founding fathers have been uh, of that race? Your first one, really? Washington. Hmm. It just t- it takes me back a little bit because. Uh, uh, I would have thought he would be one of the least likely to be one I, of these. I have my suspicions about Van Buren. On. Is there is there um, are there any world leaders today that that you could reveal as being one of these reptoids? There is some that are across your big waters that are reptoids. Okay. If if you say President Obama, Matt Moniz will buy you a steak. Two. <laughs> well, I don't have an opinion as far as Obama oh. being reptoid because I felt he's done good to the people. Although I don't agree with some of the things that are going on. Call yourself advanced. What's that? I said you think he's doing good. You, what? And you call yourself advanced? <laughs> he's just <laughs> taking shots at the president. Well, I don't mean literally shots at the president. At least not yet. But uh, that's. Uh, that's just Matt's way of uh, trying to start some political debate here. Don't don't worry about that. He's as anti-Obama as they come. Well, I'm not going to say how the last election went, how I how I was led to vote, but that's my opinion. So, I wanted someone in there that could make a difference and make a change for all people. And boy, didn't we get snookered? 
But at least you got the health reform, which is important. Well, I mean, that's an, another step toward hopefully being a better society, but whether or not it's, it goes about the right way, we could argue that all day long, but at least the fact that we're taking care of one another finally. Yeah, is, but that's uh, what it was meant to be, to, to take care of one another. What about us supposed to be able to take care of ourselves? Well, you got to do that first before you can take care of others. Very you got to have that knowing inside yourself. As to who you are and what you are before you could reach out to others. Well, but if everybody knew themselves and could take care of themselves, they would have no need to take care of each other. But as a species, you would have to have the need to take care of each other. Why? Well, uh, we're we're just about out of time here, uh, Sonny, but I did uh, I did want to thank you for joining us. Um, and I was wondering if you could send me a link to this program. Absolutely. Once we get it up online, I can send you a link to it, and and uh, you'll be able to get. If you need it on a CD, I can send it to you that way as well. And uh, just want to make sure that we mention your books uh, one more time. It's uh, the first one. The autobiography is "Stranded on Earth: The Story of a Roswell Crash Survivor." Uh, then Zeddy Child Lost Upon a One Star World and Celestial Beings of the Bible. And you have a CD as well, right? I did do some television. And you might want to put this on Facebook if you like. But yes, I've done uh, some limited television. So, and, uh, and a music CD as well? Yes, I played drums and sang and did a little keyboard. Excellent. And music is the universal language, that is for sure, I, I think. It is the universal language to promote harmony among all species. Because music is a blend of all different kinds of energies. You blend all those energies together, it creates a unity of sounds. Like there should be a unity of people. But it takes all energies to make a world. Well, then I, I couldn't think of a better way to end it than that. Thank you very much, uh, Commander Sani Sido, for joining us, and hopefully you can come back sometime in the future and, and we can really get into some of the intricacies of, of the different species and, and all of that stuff because I'm fascinated to... to come back again. Okay, ho hopefully that you, you felt that uh, everything was respectful and, and, like I said, it's just we're here to help you tell your story. That's all our job is. And I would be honored to come back, and I want to tell you I really enjoy Fate Magazine. It's a very well-researched, thought-of magazine, and you have wonderful articles. I, so I would like to see more in there about exposing the chemtrails and that, because I've been trying to do that. All right, well, thank you very much. We'll talk soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye -bye. All right, we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Your home. Beaming from the studios of AM 1420 WBSM into the night and beyond. Here's more of... Now it's time for a breakdown. Don't mind if I do! Spooky South Coast is birth. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I can smell your fears. I'm not afraid. You will be. 
the supernatural as something that isn't supposed to happen. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast, broadcasting on WBSM Radio and Fate Radio as well. The Fate Radio video stream is up and running, and you can see we got a little on the air light over there, and we've got uh, yeah, we've got Matt Moniz waving, and uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting when uh, we can see ourselves on the screen because now I realize you know I I probably shouldn't stand up because uh, it makes me look imposing and intimidating and that's not the look i'm going for here but it does make me look tall which is the only time that ever happens yes, it does. so it's we're glad to be part of the fate radio network of course uh, we're we're very excited to be teaming with fate and of course matt as he mentioned is now the ufo editor for fate magazine and uh, brian and denver are in the chat room right now from ghostology and the other side and they're part of the fate family it's it's really something that we've been honored to be a part of pretty much since we've started uh, we've always had like a little ad, you know, yep. in Fate Magazine promoting our show, and uh, we've always promoted the magazine here on the program. And it's, it's the, I, I guess we always say it's the Reader's Digest of the Paranormal, but it's really it's so much more than that. It's, it's one it's of the, the quintessential it's the time requirements. Magazine of if the you're paranormal, my personal opinion, if you're a paranormal person, it's one of the quintessential must-haves uh, in reading because it covers all of the little corners of everything paranormal. And now with Fate Radio, they're essentially doing the same thing, only in a multimedia format. So you've got great shows like The Other Side, like Ghostology, and now Spooky South Coast. Uh, you know, they let us into the mix. Yeah, well, like, they're desperate <laughs> for programming, I guess. I don't know. But uh, and and they're going to be having the the Paranormal Open Mic coming up, where people will be able to try out their programs on the network. So that's going to be pretty interesting stuff. Uh, and. It's just going to be a, a way for people to find out more about the paranormal, to engage in more discussion. You've got the video, you've got the audio, you've got the chat, you've got the magazine, you've got the website. It's everything comes together for just the the perfect way for everybody to discuss, to learn, to educate, and on top of that, to entertain. Yeah, if you can, you know, have some fun and learn a few things along the way. Well, that's probably the best possible scenario. And now that we've got this spooky TV feed here on Fate Radio, we figure you don't want to just see us three clowns all the time. Oh, by the way, Matt Costa is over there. I know you can't really see him on the video, but he is a real person. He's not a robot. But uh, we we figure you've got to see us all the time. So from time to time, we've we got to give you something worth tuning in for. And next week we're going to do that. We're going to have the crew of Paranormal Expeditions, which is a new venture uh, out of uh, out of Massachusetts here, where we are, and I guess I guess they won't be offended if I say this, but they're they're essentially the three hottest chicks in the paranormal, and that's I know that's up for debate. There's there's some very hot chicks out in the paranormal, and I, I mean that of course in a very respectful way, but they are promoting themselves as such. They're three young women who are very easy on the eyes, who are out investigating the paranormal, and they're going to be joining us here in this studio. And we promise you, we will spin that camera around so you don't have to see us three. Again, <laughs> I mean that in the most respectful manner, except when I'm talking about us three. So they'll be here next week. Uh, they'll share with us about their new venture. 
And uh, then the week after that, on the 24th, we're going to have Jeff Belanger here live in the studio. And for those of you who are fans of Jeff's writings, of ghostvillage.com, of 30-odd minutes, you know we're kind of spoiled here at Spooky South Coast because he's willing to drive two hours to come here and hang out with us from time to time. And he'll be doing so to promote his new book, Picture Yourself Legend Tripping. Correct. And uh, so the book Just will be out. Just got my copy yesterday. The book will be out in bookstores by then, so make sure you grab a copy, and he'll be here to share with us not just the different things that will be featured in the book, the different legends that he'll talk about, but also just the concept of legend tripping. This, this whole idea of how we've gone from that to investigating to now kind of making a move back to legend tripping, and it's going to be a great discussion because, first of all, it's always great when we have Jeff here in the studio, and. He'll probably pick his nose and maybe yeah. move Did the Did you camera. recharge the taser? Uh, I think uh, I think you've got some some better devices we could use to keep him under under control. <laughs> but we might need some of that alien fuel technology just to keep him <laughs> keep him in his place. But I, I'm sure he'll do wildly inappropriate things to the camera, which will make it lots more fun. And uh, it'll be a great discussion. That's going to be a primetime show because of the Red Sox schedule. We have to go against the normal radio schedule here with Spooky South Coast, which generally we go on the air at 10 o'clock every Saturday night. But during baseball season, there are some nights when we're pushed back or moved forward due to the baseball schedule. And, of course, all the updates will always be on SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash SpookySC. And we're on Facebook. You just look up me, Tim Weisberg, on Facebook, and you'll find everything as well. So what else should we promote while we've got their rapt attention? The... Every episode we've ever done is available on the archives online, through iTunes, through Zoom Marketplace, and wherever podcasts are found. So you'll always be able to hear the show. And Fate Radio is also doing video podcasts as well, so you'll be able to get them there. So much Spooky South Coast, so little time. What are you waiting for? Actually, stop listening to the live show now. Go back, start listening to some of the archive shows, and then we'll sit here and we'll wait for you. I wanted to see how quiet I could be before the uh, off-the-air alarm started going off, but it didn't go off. All right. Well, here on Spooky South Coast, from time to time, we like to consider ourselves normal. It doesn't happen very often, uh, but there are moments where we are. But every week, we guarantee you, for at least a few minutes, we get a little weird. So let's do that now. More bad news. Well, I got a great show for you today with some wonderful weird stuff. I feel, I feel so very weird. <laughs> the Week in Weird. All right, well, it's been a weird week. It's been a little strange. You know what's the strangest thing, though? Is how we tried to launch this whole video thing last week, and it didn't work, and now everything seems to be working perfectly. You know, knock on wood. So let's hope it keeps going. <laughs> All right, this story comes from The Telegraph. A zoo in San Diego, California, is planning to use the frozen cells of dead animals in an attempt to bring back endangered species back from the brink of extinction. Researchers at the Scripps Research Institute in Lajola, California, and the San Diego Zoo have collaborated to create stem cells from the skin cells of a dead drill monkey. I don't know what a drill monkey is, but I want one. An endangered monkey native to Equatorial Guinea, Nigeria, and Cameroon. The scientists, speaking in the International Society for Stem Cell Research in San Francisco, hope that the, quote, induced 
pluripotent stem, or iPS cells, thus created, can be biochemically persuaded into becoming sperm and egg cells. Basically, they're saying, I hope they get busy. They can then be implanted into the womb of another monkey and will hopefully form a viable fetus. And then hopefully they can create monkeys that can get busy on their own. San Diego Zoo's Frozen Zoo Project has taken samples from 8,400 individuals of more than 800 species and has hoped that these samples can be used in IVF programs to improve captive breeding projects. Gene Loring, one of the script's researchers, told New Scientist, you could actually breed from animals that are dead. So there are concerns uh, that the reprogramming process can cause the iPS cells to become cancerous, but other researchers have developed techniques for creating iPS cells without leaving the reprogrammed genes in the new cells. So uh, let's see. What what are some of the animals that we would like to see them bring back that are dead or extinct and could be? I'm thinking Rhinoki, <laughs> right, from from the Wuzzles. Yep. Uh, gummy bears. What are some of the other? Uh, Zubamafu. <laughs> Whatever Goofy is. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. No, but Jim... Um, Jim Morrison, that brings up a good point. When you start doing this, I mean, it's only why limited. Yeah, why limited to just, yeah, why limited to just uh, animals? I mean, uh, I mean, uh, everybody loves a good monkey. There can never be enough monkeys, but there's also <laughs> no Mike Nesbeth is enough. It's true. He didn't. He invented whiteout. <laughs> no, his mother did, but that's all right. Well, he marketed it. Yeah. Any he invented MTV, and I'm sure he's ashamed of what it's become. <laughs> all right, Matt Cos, what do you have for us? All right. This is from uh, Routers. The uh, psychic clashes between Paul the Octopus and Manny the Parrot, both predicting different outcomes of the FIFA World Cup 2010 matches. Uh, Paul is actually given 100% accuracy in his predictions of the current uh, World Cup in South Africa, but he might have so- might soon have a competitor from Manny the Parakeet from Singapore who incidentally has forecast, forecasted all quarterfinal ties of the World Cup and Spain's semifinal triumph over Germany. The octopus Paul picking Spain as the victor and Manny the parakeet choo- choosing the Netherlands as the new World Cup champions. Both the spiritual animals are predicting are predicted same till semifinals, but in the finals they are predicted different. The mystic Paul the octopus resides in... Oberhausen Aquarium in Germany. Paul has gained some enemies with calling has gained some enemies calling for his death after Germans hit to Spain in the semifinal. The the difference for Manny the Parakeet from Singapore, who belongs to a roadside spiritualist, who predict whose predictions have helped local business boom. So I guess that was my spooky South Coast. Sports Flash. <laughs> <laughs> that cost so that's Sport Flash. Did uh, did they teach you that no. at, at CSB how to do the Pete Shepard Sport Flash? Uh, they 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 kind of devoted a, a day to it. Really? Yeah. Not the technique Not, that he has, but but to just doing Sports Flashes. Well, we're going to start incorporating more of those into the show, you know, because so, uh, we have many many friends and and. Many, many psychics who have been part of this show who uh, can predict sporting events. So we'll do like a sports flash of what their predictions are for things coming up. And uh, we'll also get a, a bookie service to be a new sponsor as well. <laughs> Speaking of people who have had their legs broken over gambling debts, 
Matt Moniz, what do you have for us? <laughs> From the Daily Mail. A Chinese airport was closed after a mysterious object was spotted in the sky on Wednesday. Arcing over Zhenjing province and capital of Hangzhou, the UFO appeared to glow with an eerie white light and left a bright tail in its wake. Zhoushang Airport was closed after the... U- after the UFO was detected at around 9 p.m. and dozens of flights had to be diverted. Stunned witnesses reported seeing a comet-like fireball in the sky and a number of local residents took photos of the strange ball of light. A local bus driver, giving his name only as Yu, said he had seen a strange glowing object in the sky late Wednesday afternoon. The thing suddenly ran westward fast, like it was escaping from something, he said. Inbound flights were diverted to nearby airports, while outbound flights were delayed for three to four hours. Some Chinese experts claimed that the strange light was actually debris from a U.S. intercontinental ballistic missile. Chinese officials later said that they knew what the object had been, but were unable to make it public because there was a military connection. Well, I had a chance to see the photo that was being touted as being the UFO that was seen that shut the I've seen four or five down. of them, so yeah, they're all different. Yeah, each one of them is different, which is one of the things that caught my attention. And uh, But the one that is being put out there is the main one that a lot of these news outlets are picking up on. It's got to be a long exposure shot of a helicopter because if you look up long exposure helicopter shots on Google Images, you'll see 30, 40, 50 images that look exactly like that. Uh, even though you know we, we know the, the way a helicopter looks and right. with the rotating blades and everything, but it ends up from the motion of that and the long exposure film, you end up getting what looks like a, a sustained, long, lighted image. Well, you got to remember, people using these uh, digital cameras, the camera is going to want to keep its aperture open as long as possible, aiming up into basically a black sky. Mm-hmm. So it's going to keep uh, an even longer exposure limit going. And it's go- if the helicopter is moving and going, it's going to create a streak and a blur, just like what you're seeing in some of these photographs. So if you want to shoot a UFO, then you want to set your digital camera to sports. Sure. So it gets that fast motion. Right. So it's a little picture of the guy kicking the soccer ball. <laughs> set it to that and you'll be all set. Matt, look at Matt Costa setting his phone right now just in case we encounter a UFO on the way out of here. And stranger things have happened. Well, then again, like I said to you before, could have been just somebody taking a picture of a helicopter that was responding to the incident, too. I mean, you're dealing with stuff coming out of China. It's not always perfect information, is it? Yeah, well, that's the thing is when they shut it down, they say that it's a military issue. You know, that's all you're going to get out of the Chinese government. You're lucky you got that. Yeah. So, uh, well, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on this story as the as the weeks progress because it is something that's been lighting up the Internet and the, the various different message boards. People are paying attention to this one. Uh, so, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, well, China's been under a major UFO flap for the last six months. Well, and here's maybe the biggest sighting so far. At least in terms of its civilian. Well, there was another one that occurred that they got 45 minutes of video, and it's being officially shut down the airport over it. No. So they can still kind of sweep that under the rug. Even though people saw it, they can still sweep it under the rug. It's a little harder to explain away shutting down an airport. So uh, 
I was going to make a joke about Matt Moniz shutting down an airport, but... Hey, that's just because I had extra well, radioactive materials that was left on my hands from work. <laughs> it's like, remember remember the, uh, the opening of The Simpsons when that little glowing <laughs> rod gets bounced around across the town? Oh, that's, the, ca- the carbon yeah. rod. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much what happens. <laughs> All right, well, we'll take a break. Uh, Matt Moniz will go down to the store for a cadmium bar, and uh, we'll have more of Spooky South Coast in just a few minutes. Watching this object, man, like, like the satellite that we saw the other night, right? And like it was just going right across the sky, man. And then, I mean, it just suddenly, uh, <laughs> it just changed direction and went uh, whizzing right off, man. <laughs> was going across the sky, and it flashed three times at me and zigzagged and whizzed off, man. And I saw it. That was it. So you just heard Matt Moniz's report of his last UFO sighting. <laughs> uh, from one of my favorite movies. Well, we'll tell everybody what movie it is. Oh, come on. They gotta know. They, they don't always know. Go ahead, tell them. No. Fine. Let them figure it out. All right. And, uh... We, we, you know, we really should like make a list of movies that people should check out. But what, a, what's interesting about that movie is that what it goes into talking about the crash. Now that predates a lot of the people coming out talking about the Roswell crash. Believe it or not, there's there there's so many uh, movies that kind of poke fun at the topic. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. that actually have information in them that would actually be worthwhile to people to check out. So maybe we should compile a list. Maybe this is something you could do with Fate Magazine. We should compile a list of movies that, you know, are about UFO reference UFOs and and maybe take out what nuggets of knowledge there are in them that people should pay attention to. You know, take a movie like Independence Day, mm-hmm. which is obviously just using alien invasion for the the mega disaster holiday pick that, you know, we've become used to over the years for various different subject matter. They just this was the aliens version. So take that and pull out whatever interesting science nuggets there are within that to share with people. You know, it'd be, I think it'd be interesting reading because I think people often gloss over some of these stories. As people might have glossed over, say, the story of our first hour guest, Commander Sani Sito. You know, they might gloss over that, but then there might be little nuggets in there that you take back out uh, that you can actually apply to your research, to your knowledge, and to your education well yeah like from the movie zz rider for those that were really straining for it but it that movie came out in the very early 70s actually uh 1970 if i'm not mistaken right after uh, yeah but anyway that that was actually before a lot of uh, stuff was known about roswell mm-hmm. well and and wasn't dennis hopper kind of a big ufo he actually is yeah. a, well was, was yeah. yeah but uh, so there you go i mean it's as it, as is jack nichols it's another example of how they can take, you know, their information that they want to share, and they find a, a mainstream way to work it in, some way to get it in. Just remember, Lau. Just remember, every 
four years ago, we weren't hearing about tachyons like we are now. Now it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost well, getting you weren't, but yeah, it's almost <laughs> getting tacky. So, all right, well, let's take this call here, and and we're gonna go open lines for the rest of the show here. We got about. Uh, about a half an hour left. So if you want to call in, share your paranormal experiences, your questions, your theories, anything to do with the paranormal, just give us a call, 508-996-0500 or 1-877-996-1420. You can also join the chat room on Fate Radio, which you can get to right on SpookySouthCoast.com. And, of course, you can email us, SpookyCrew, at SpookySouthCoast.com as well. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Good. How are you doing, guys? Oh, we are spooktacular. Good. Uh, I don't think she expected Matt Moniz to be that intelligent. Because that's why she I was. Have you ever seen him? Most people don't think so when they see him either. Uh, she got pissed because uh, you know what I mean. You can't. You ask the, if the questions are too involving. <laughs> it just uh, who can I? I gotta ask where is where did she come from? I mean, where did you? Zeta Reticuli, didn't you hear? No, not real. <laughs> not not where she's supposed to be from. Where. How did you get get a hold of her? Well, it's it's part of uh, part of our job here in booking the show to kind of pay attention to the different, you know, the anniversaries that pop up and the yeah. different things that might be going on. So when you know we're coming upon when we were coming upon the anniversary of the Roswell crash, I just decided to look and look around the internet and see, you know, if there's any new things that I hadn't yet learned or any new information or any new people out there talking about it. And I just happened to cross her website. And it seemed an interesting angle. I mean, I'm not saying whether or not she is or she isn't this being the crash in this ship, but it's a, a different approach to the topic and a chance to to look at things from a different angle than we have in the past. So, so to I, me, I just laughed because I said you pissed her off, and I I started laughing because I just you could tell I'm, I'm going to be doubted. You know what I mean? That's it for me. Well. <laughs> Uh, I could have really shredded her, but I, I know you I was, could have. I saw I, it coming. I know you wanted to. I saw you hold. I, I, you don't have to even answer, but I saw you. I, I knew you held back. I said, "Oh yeah, the guy's gonna bur- could bury her if he wanted to." Well, I looked right at him before we went on the air, and I said, "You know, rein it in." Because yeah, I, I know he could have. Because uh, I know he's an intelligent man, and I know he could have did it. And um, I mean, I, I realize you could have different guests on, and but you know. Sometimes that just puts a damper because enough people, I think, there's enough critics and people that criticize about, you know, anybody that saw UFOs a liar and did this and that. And I just think sometimes that enhances it, you know what I'm saying? Well, but, I mean, at the same time, uh, we can get accused too often of uh, only putting on guests that support our beliefs and only putting on guests that we feel strengthens the the topic and and. People will say, you know, sometimes you're going to have the other end of it, and you have to acknowledge the fact that those people are out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, like I said before, I'm not saying that she is legit or, or that oh, she I is know. a hoax. I mean, I, that's not my job. Uh, if you ask me my belief off the air, I would tell you what I think. But uh, here it's our chance to let her tell the story. And if her story at least gets some interest in the Roswell case. Now, somebody's listening to the show in the first hour. They hear this Commander Sonny Sito, who is supposedly this reincarnated alien. So they start li- listening to the information she's presenting. They go and they look it up to see if it is true or not. They say, wow, that sounds kind of crazy. Let me look that up. And when they look it up, now they're diving into the topic. Now they're learning about it. So even though you know, you're, you're learning from a negative approach, from trying to disprove this person, you're at least learning. 
Yeah, no, I know that's that's why you guys have a show because you know how to go about it. I mean, that's good. I mean, that's really I I can see that part. You know, you want to get more people to question it and be involved in it more. Um, on that subject, I spoke with I know him pretty well. Uh, elderly man's a retired colonel out of the army. Mm-hmm. Um, he's eighty-two or eighty-three, I believe. I asked him about that, about Roswell, too. And even back, he says, as as far as back as the 60s, there were still uh, people that, that wouldn't, they wouldn't bring it up, they, and they couldn't bring it up. They were still told to be quiet. And I found that odd. You know it, what I mean? It still exists today. That gag order still exists today with people that are, are collecting Social Security and their pensions from the military. They are still under orders to keep quiet. Yeah, and actually he, not on, exactly on that, not on that, on Roswell, but on different things, he still has to be quiet. He still, you know, he doesn't really know anything about that, but he just, he does remember that I had to ask him. I thought of it one day because I see him like a couple of times a week at, uh, I'm a gunsmith and I get to like, talk, he comes by and visits and I said, yeah, I had to ask him. He says, and even in the 60s, they were told not to, uh, you know. They had little whisperings of this and that, but uh, I, said, some, I said, something had to happen. He said, yeah, it did. He says he didn't know all the details, but he, obviously he had friends. And he says, yeah, you know, they never, even within them, it never leaked out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. It never really, nothing. But uh, one thing they all knew, that something did, and it wasn't weather balloons. It was far from a weather balloon, and he he said most of the talk back then was that some technology, even today they use, was from that, you know, whatever, whatever crashed that uh, they used some of the technology and some of it they couldn't because they did. To this day, he says, as far as they know, that he they didn't know what it was. You know what I mean? They couldn't decipher, or they couldn't do this or that, but they did get some flying technology out of it. As, as well as a number of different things. Now, you say you're a gunsmith. Would yeah. you be able to help tweak my new dragon off I just bought? Oh, did you? Yeah. But really, you did. Well, a, a Romanian PSL. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can do anything you want to it. Can you fix a 9 millimeter that couldn't hit the broadside of a barn? Oh, anything. Anything. <laughs> no, Jim, the thing you got there, that it's a Smith & Wesson 9 millimeter. Uh, I mean, this thing is horrible. Oh, he's got the oh, what's he got the sixty nine series, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, actually, you know, them were strong. That's a they're strong guns. The accuracy and well, but they were really a strong gun. And uh, no, you let me use it. Uh, you stand a better chance of hitting somebody to you by throwing it. That's what yeah. you just said. It's a strong gun. That's what it's for. Yeah, that's it is strong. a strong. But yeah, but the accuracy, the sights were horrible on those. But the the accuracy was bad. But they were. A gun that you could fire all day long, and you know it would, you know, still shoot. But if I was hitting something, like you said, you would. Have, they're very heavy, and uh, matter of fact, at the gun store, they, he's got uh, one, and people are interested in it, but they know about you know the lack of accuracy. The best thing you want to get is a Glock. Get a Glock here, all set. I'm a Walther man myself. Do you like which one? Do you like which model? I personally carry a PP, sixty-seven. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, is that right? 32 cal. 
Yeah, that's the actual. But we're, get, we're getting off topic. We are getting off. <laughs> I'm starting to get a little bit worried about whether or not we're going to get jumped in the parking lot by a militia. Yeah, that's going to actually have pinpoint accuracy. That the Walter PP. Yeah, hence why I, hence why I carry it. Yeah, three eighties and all that. And like I carry a, a Glock twenty seven, and uh, when the summer the Glock twenty three and the, you know the colder months. But uh, yeah, the, the 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 PPs are very. Okay, so I know, sorry to about get off the car. Ah, no problem. You guys are going to have to go to the range sometime <laughs> together anyway. But if you ever, listen, you ever want anything done, uh, my friend's shop is in uh, South Dartmouth, Ron's Fort Shop. Mm-hmm. I'm not plugging it because I know that. Nah, go ahead. But he's in South Dartmouth, and if you ever want anything done, just go by there because, you know, just ask for John or just tell him, you know, you're a friend of mine and, I'll, you, you know, uh, you'll get a hold of me if I'm not there and do whatever you want. All right. We'll, we'll come down and see you. Yeah, anytime. Okay, guys. All right. Thanks, thanks, John. Have a good night. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And if you'd like to call in, we've got some time left here on the program. 508-996-0500. 1-877-996-1420. Those are the numbers. SpookySouthCoast.com is our website. FateMag.com slash FateRadio is where you can get the video stream. And if you're a, a regular Spooky South Coast listener... And you listen at the, on the radio and you're at home and you've got your computer handy, log on, fatemag.com slash fate radio. You can also click the chat link right on spookysouthcoast.com and you can jump into the chat room there where there's some discussion going on. And, uh, one of our, one of our good friends is actually in the chat room right now and, uh, helping to get the multimedia discussion going on. And of course, the guys from Fate Radio are there, too, Denver and Brian. So stop in, say hi. Let them know that uh, you appreciate everything going on with Fate Radio. And Matt Moniz, you know, we, we, we kid around a lot with you, and we, we poke fun at you for a lot of things. But, no problem. You know, you, you are very knowledgeable in the field. You are very well respected in the field. Now that you're armed, I am a little bit more worried about you <laughs> than I was in years past. But, no, I mean, we, we do poke fun. I just want everybody to know. For those of you who might be tuning in for the first time and experiencing our show for the first time, we are, you know, we're really good friends yeah. off the air here. And, you know, we're together all the time. We do stuff together all the time. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of good-natured ribbing here. Uh, it's when we have Chris Balzano on the show and we crap all over him, him we really don't like. So. <laughs> no. No, we love Chris. It, well, he's already ripping me in the chat room, I think. So there oh, we go. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> Turnabout is fair play. So, but if you want to call in and share, again, the numbers are 508 996 0500 1877 996 1420. As I mentioned earlier at the top of the hour, our guests next week will be the girls from Paranormal Expedition, a new group out of Quincy, Massachusetts, who basically uh, will steal all the camera time from us next week because you're not going to want to look at us when they're in the studio. And I, I don't think they'll mind us saying that. Uh, you can check them out <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, if you look up Paranormal Expeditions, that's with the X, not with the E, you'll find them there and uh, you'll check out, you can check out some of the photos they've done. Uh, they've done a few photo shoots and a few excursions out there that they posted up. And I know they have video and evidence coming as well. And uh, then the, the following week, July 24th, we'll be on in prime time. I believe the show is going to start at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And we will have Jeff Belanger, who is uh, a relative upstart in the paranormal field. He's a new guy just breaking onto the scene. <laughs> uh, you know him from the uh, being the author of numerous books, uh, including the new one, Picture Yourself, Legend Tripping. He's also the host of 30-odd minutes, and he's the mayor of ghostvillage.com. So 
it's a, it's going to be a great night with him as always, and it'll it'll get goofy, I'm sure, as it always does when he's here. And uh, <laughs> sorry, just reading the chat room. You know, generally uh, I I usually uh, can't multitask like I'm able to tonight. So this is a, a rare night when I'm able to look at Matt's screen, look at my screen, see what's going on in the chat room, watch for calls. So uh, let's take advantage of it while we can. Folks, call in if you want to share any experiences or questions you might have. Uh, again, we had a interesting first-hour discussion with Commander Sani Sito, the uh, extraterrestrial who piloted the ship that landed in Roswell. And one of the things that I wanted to, to discuss with you, Matt Moniz, is from time to time we do have these instances where people will come on the show and they'll share their story and it doesn't always agree with the information that you have. As okay. an investigator, as a researcher, as a scientist, as a all-around great human being, how <laughs> do you take the information that they're presenting and take it with what you know and decide, you know, what is right? Well, usually I look for uh, replication of data. And any time where you have independent research that usually comes up with the same thing over and over, chances are what they found is right. And then you got somebody coming out from left field throwing something completely different at you. You have to take that into um, consideration. Uh, in science, it's all about probabilities and possibilities. Uh, it's very possible that she, uh, like our previous guest, may indeed be a reincarnated alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing that says that she can't be with what we know today. I mean, we don't really know enough about reincarnation. We just know that it is something that is potentially possible from what we've studied with just humans, never mind aliens. But, I mean, at least, unless you've seen it with your own eyes, it's possible, like, say, the information about the number of bodies involved in the crash. Yes. You could be misinformed by people. But from three separate sources that were there? But, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm throwing out a what-if. Maybe that's not a good example of, of a what-if. But it's possible that when somebody's giving us the inside story like that, maybe their information is true and what has been disseminated isn't necessarily true. Right. Uh, like I said, I my information comes from the people that were there and part of the recovery. X amount of bodies were known to be there. Mm-hmm. Could have been five. Well, what, was, what was the number that you were told? Can you share that with us? Uh, well, I'll le- I want to leave that closed for right now. Okay. Will, will it tell me off there? It's more than one. You'll, you'll, t- you'll tell me off there? Sure. Okay. It's good enough for me. I don't care if you folks find out as long as <laughs> I know. That's what it's all about. Matt Costa, you uh, are the, I guess we, we still refer to you as the re- resident skeptic uh, here on Spooky South Coast. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on, on Commander Sani and, and her story? Did um, I mean, I, I guess it's it could be a possibility. We don't uh, know everything about everything that's out there. Especially, uh, we don't know what power spacecraft, and I guess neither does she. But <laughs> <laughs> the element of one fourteen uh, is very short lived. Oh. I'm talking like within microseconds worth of it. I mean, uh, like, all right. I mean, like Tim said, they could they could have. Uh, Lengthen that uh, span of life for that element in some. I really don't see how. It's a transient element. It, it goes from one state <laughs> to another. It lasts only microseconds. 
can we say this? I mean, again, I don't, I don't want to say whether or not I believe that Commander Sani is telling the truth or not because it's not for us to decide on the air. But you have to admit, though, that there was a, a, a higher degree of research involved in the story maybe than would normally occur. In a, I mean, this, if, if it is a story that's being told, it's, it's at least somewhat well-researched. If you think so. Uh, referring for, to her? Well, in general. I mean, you, you've, you've, when you get involved with these stories, you know, you have to at least stand back sometimes when, when they, when there are hoaxes. You've been involved with crop circle hoaxes, and you have to kind of stand back and look at them and admire at least the amount of work that's gone oh, into yeah. creating Like I said, that. when I was at the hoaxing competition, I'd, I got to see what it took for these people to make a simple, basic crop circle, basic pictogram. And it took the winning group six and a half hours to make one that was 25 feet wide by roughly 50 it was more like 60 feet long but it took them six hours to make this and some of these these creations are literally quarter of a mile in length and some you know eighth of a mile wide and stuff like that and done in literally minutes well, there, there is there is an interesting question here from the chat room, and I'll I'll bring it up here on the air. And you know, as as a host, isn't it our job to ask the questions on behalf of the guests? And yes, and that is, I mean, absolutely. And we try to do that. We try to ask the questions that the guests uh, try to ask questions that the the callers would uh, if they were calling in to ask. But also, it's it's your job as well as listeners to call in and ask the questions too, because that's why we have an open line format here so that you can call in and discuss but we do we, do, we don't let people get off the hook i mean that's no the, we, we can't I try do to that. do my job here tonight you know uh, i know what i know about science and i know what i know about the particulars of this particular of this specific case and the science is involved in it and if you're going to come in saying i know this and this well um, it's sure. my job to test you absolutely and normally i mean Normally, I won't allow somebody to say to me on the phone beforehand, you know, if it's disrespectful, I'm going to hang up. Was I disrespectful? No, you no, you weren't. But what I'm what I'm saying is, I wouldn't allow somebody to do that because we can't control who's going to call in. No, you know, we can't control what's going to be said before we can get over there and hit the button in time. And that's the kind of stuff that happens. And if you're going to come out there with a message like that, you do have to expect that there's going to be some backlash. That there's going to be some people. There's going to be pointed questions. No if, no and, no but. And we try to be a, a fair and balanced entertaining radio program and even we get attacked from time to time from people who think that you know we're nuts or that we're too much of a glad handers to some of these people and it's going to happen it, that's the idea of having the discussion the, having this kind of discourse about these topics is it needs to be an open conversation that can a have a little negativity in it if necessary mm -hmm. otherwise how are you going to have the chance to come back with the information if you don't know what it is that they're questioning in their mind Sure, I'm not, none of us have all the answers. Like I said, this lady could very well be. We don't know for sure. We can't say positively she is, and nobody can say positively she isn't. And as we said in the first hour, sometimes it's uh, not important necessarily about what's being said is the message that you get out of it. And that's hopefully what people will take away from the discussion is that uh, – those who are on the outside of our world do see that things are kind of going downhill, but that we still have a chance to make a change. So let's do it. Let's make a change. 
I'm all I'm all for that. But I also do believe that if she is part of this race of beings from another planet, she should tell them to come here. And you have to agree, Matt Moniz, that that would kind of solve a lot of the problems, kind of Star Trek first contact style. You know, they come down here, they land, they make contact, they let us know that they're here, and it changes everything for us. Oh, uh, that's a whole nother can of worms. That's, you know, post-disclosure type of, um, yeah, it's when you start getting into the exopolitics of things. It would solve certain problems, but it would open up a whole nother can of worms that we're not ready for. Uh, we are not ready for an open contact, really, because we are still having a hard time contacting and communicating with each other on this planet. Never well, mind this you know, race from another, wouldn't another con- world. Wouldn't contact with those other beings kind of kickstart us amongst ourselves? Oh, yeah, we'd start a, a royal fight amongst all of us. Who's going to contact them? What beliefs are we going to put forward to them? There's going to be a lot of internal politics that we're still dealing with by ourselves, never mind trying to you know incorporate it to a, a another race from outside our planet maybe it's a uh, maybe it's because I'm already coming from the perspective of I think that humans as a race don't know anything that uh, I would expect that they would admit as much when faced with beings from another world already. I guess I forget about the ego that would get in the way and the idea of many people think that we know everything, and so therefore. They'd want to be at the forefront. Exactly. Well, I know I know one guy who wouldn't be fighting his way to the front, and that's Matt Moniz. He'd I want to sit back and watch sit what back they and do. Observe. Yeah. And uh, that's that's the approach that we'll just take with Commander Sani and her story, and we'll just sit back and observe, and we'll see what happens. But I mean, it's she is somebody that's out there and, and spreading this message of of positivity, and and that's something we can certainly get behind. Oh look, we got we got a little plug on the Paranormal Expeditions Facebook. So they'll be here next week. And, you know, that's another thing where, you know, you get the chance to look at somebody who is starting an entity like this, uh, starting a, a group with the purpose of being an all-girl paranormal group, and you get to ask the questions of why, you know, they would choose to go that route and, you know, what their approach is going to be. But also we're going to expect you to bring the questions as well. And uh, we'll have the lines open up. They'll be here in the studio. So they'll be talking with us and taking your calls. And we just do ask, as we mentioned before, you heard Matt Moniz is armed. <laughs> so anybody who wants to come down here and stalk these poor girls, you know, better think twice. I'm looking at you, Matt Costa. That means I can upgrade to the uh, 45? No, just you don't have to disclose what you have. Just let them think that you have it. So we covered I, a lot of things tonight, huh? I think I'm, I'm, I'm worried about, I don't know if I can keep my gut sucked in for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think I feel? I'm here in front of the camera and in all my draped polo shirt glory. Yeah, but you're married. Yeah. No, I just mean in terms of conveying a professional camera image. Ah. Uh, I'm concerned. I'm not worried about hot chicks in the paranormal. I deal with that stuff day and night. Me too. That's nothing. Yeah, you're used to it. Yeah. So uh, that, that'll about do it for tonight's show. I think we've uh, digressed as far as we possibly can for one evening. But as I said, we will be back next week after the Red Sox to welcome the girls from Paranormal Expeditions. And then the week after that, we'll be on at 8 p.m., uh, as soon as Pete gives us the okay, uh, for a primetime program with Jeff Belanger. And then we'll be bouncing around a little bit with the Red Sox schedule as the season goes on. But you'll always be able to find out updates 
from SpookySouthCoast.com. And our plan is, even on the nights that we have to wait for the Red Sox, we're going to turn this camera on on Fate Radio. So you'll be able to see what's going on in the studio. Uh, we'll turn the little camera mic on so you'll even hear what's going on. So you'll you'll know the behind-the-scenes aspects of everything Spooky South Coast. And you're going to probably be bored to tears. <laughs> but at least it gives you something to do on a Saturday night. And uh, we're happy that we could be your boredom killers. Costa, you got anything else? I'm not sure. No? Moniz, anything else? I'm sorry, Commander. I <laughs> we do want to have her back in the future, sure. I mean, we'll, it'd be really interesting if we could have her, you know, come on and share, you know, get her on and, and Jesse Marcel on and have him maybe share the details that he knows and see what kind of goes on and what what sounds interesting. Jesse's a nice guy. He's a real nice yeah, guy. Yeah, he'll consider it. We'll find out. I have fun hanging with him in Roswell. He's, I mean, and he seems to be a very grounded individual. So, I mean, you don't get to be a, a doctor in the military yeah. uh, with a, being being somebody who would go on the air and start a hoax. So we'll look into that in the future. But for now, I think we should call it a night. We've done enough damage for one evening. Uh, so, like I said, we'll be back next week, and you can catch all the archives on SpookySouthCoast.com, on iTunes, um, on Zoom Marketplace, everywhere that you can find podcasts. And, of course, there'll be Stitcher. video podcasts. Stitcher. Oh, yeah. I forgot to plug Stitcher. You can actually get Spooky South Coast on your mobile device, on your cell phone, your iPhone, your BlackBerry, your Palm, whatever it is that you carry around in your pocket, you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to put it. Right there, spooky South Coast, wherever you are. <laughs> and look, that's kind of yeah. But uh, and we have two uh, up, two updated episodes today so far, and I'm going to try to get the rest caught up, including the Bridgewater Triangle show, which I know many people are waiting to hear. So uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, from Matt Costa, from Matt Moniz, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen.